Welcome to the Lifestyle of Reverence podcast. My name is Rochelle Sheik, and I'm the founder of Koya. Koya remembers that everything is interconnected, lives a lifestyle of reverence, integrates the polarities of masculine and feminine, light and dark, and heaven and earth into wholeness. Koya honors the energy that moves outwards to the cardinal directions, to the north, to trust the physical sensation of truth in the body, to the south, anchoring your truth through doing your sacred work in the world, to the west, following the call of your soul to explore, and to the east, living your life as prayer. Koya also honors the energy that moves inwards to access your inner wisdom, inner creativity, inner sensuality, and inner light. Koya honors through movement, ritual, community, and pilgrimage, exploring the paths that point you back to your soul, giving you courage to enter the portal of possibility, to remember to remember. Our first series is about the call to create and that our bodies were meant to do this. We'll explore the themes of menstruation, pregnancy, hormonal cycles, and the value of lived experience in the body as a way to map the path of creation from idea to actualization. Welcome to the Lifestyle of Reverence podcast. My name is Rochelle Sheik, and I'm so honored to be here with Alvi McCree. I met her recently when I was leading a Koya teacher training in Auckland, New Zealand, which is where Alvi lives. And I had such a profound, deep healing experience being in her presence. And so I really wanted to reach out to her. She has a lot of experience in things that are... Um, beyond the categories that we can put in a bio. So we're going we're gonna to skip the bio and you're just going to be lucky for anything that she decides to share with us. But knowing that if she had a bio that we were sharing with you, it would be very impressive. So this is, this is also part of a big part of, of Koya, which is really, you know, transferring from like the linear mental analytical put it in a category world into the felt sense of the body. So before I go on and on and on about that, I just want to welcome you. Welcome, LV. I'm so honored for your time and your presence and that I get to know you. <laughs> Kia ora, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. So I was starting to go off on a tangent and the tangent was this real shifting over from the mind analysis into the body and the resonance of feeling in the body. And so I'm curious and whatever angle you want to go at this from, whether it's, you know, experience as a midwife, whether it's part of your tradition and culture that you want to share, but, you know, there are many of us, I really love in the language that we use with Koya through movement, we remember and we're remembering that our bodies are trustworthy in navigating our lives. And I really love using the idea of a woman's menstrual cycle or the cycle of childbirth of creation to know that we are literally meant to do this. So the next time we feel that creative call to go and whether it is to birth a baby, it is to start a business, start an art project that we can really tune in to the body 
to help us on that journey. So I'm curious your thoughts on this um, and your feelings on this and your experience with this being true for yourself or the people you work with. I've found in my uh, midwifery work that particularly in supporting women in labor and in birth, that a woman who, the less instruction you give a woman, the more powerfully she's able to take control of that situation and manage herself in that space. And I found, you know, I learned just through experience that if you, um, you know, adopt what you call a linear approach where you give instructions and structure and timings and, you know, the, ex- the timing and the instructions come from an external source that actually you interrupt the natural flow of that woman's creative expulsion, whether that's expelling, a ba- you know, pushing out a baby or bringing something else into the world. So I, the first thing I really want to draw attention to is that the, the timings are within our own bodies and the only way to know where you are at in terms of birthing a baby or birthing a project is to come into the body and feel your way through it. You, know, you um, feel that. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful you said that. And it's, I, I'm just thinking of all the women I know, myself included, who have been in the process of creation. And one of the biggest hindrances was the feeling of the timing being wrong. You know, it's like, it's not happening fast enough. It's not, you know, and just this, this external idea that before they even started, it should have been done. (laughs) And so I, I know that there's a lot of suffering around the right timing. So I really appreciate you sharing your experience and finding that the, the more a woman could not have this external idea around what her timing should be in birth, the more she was able to be in her power. And I know in Koya, which is one of the ways we've been able to connect, that I'm always trying to emphasize in the teacher training, everything we say and don't say is to bring a woman deeper into the experience of her own body and that less is more because ultimately the goal is to reconnect with herself versus develop a dependence on the external narration of the teacher. And it's, you know, it's just such a nuancy place and so much subtlety, but the way that you express it, I know for me, it really landed deeply and really inspired me to go in even more, even though that's what I teach. <laughs> yeah, you know, that Koya mantra that you can't get it wrong doesn't just apply to what you do and the choices you make, and it also applies to the timing that you can't really get it wrong. You know, you just drop in and then you do what comes naturally. You, you, in, in, in labor and in birth, you can feel when a woman is at the next stage, you know, so you can feel when she's beginning to just come inward and bring her focus inward. She's paying less attention to the people in the room and she's, she's not laughing at the jokes anymore and everyone kind of goes, ah, she's in this phase now. She's getting ready to bring this thing forward. You know, she's not picking up on external cues. All of her cues are coming from within and the rest of you are just kind of witnesses to this event. Mm. Mm. Thank you. I so, 
I so savor that. And I really invite anyone that's listening to take a moment in whatever projects that they're creating and to imagine that space like LV described, like where the external focus just subsides and you can really drop in to feel yourself in this wave of creation. And I think another thing about that when you said it that I really heard was also this aspect of being able to drop in. Mm. You know, like when when you said like there's no way you can do it wrong, there's no wrong that goes with the timing, there's no wrong timing. When we are really connected to the eternal or infinite wave of life that we are an expression of there isn't this big rush you know so it's like that ability to drop in in whatever ways really work so that we can be creating from a relaxed confident space instead of neurotic and scarce um i think that dropping in is real important yeah yeah and another thing that really stands out to me you know i often talk to women who've had I don't know how it is in the U.S., but in New Zealand, you get the opportunity to work with a midwife right from the moment from the moment that you find out you're pregnant, and you design a birth plan, you know, for how you would like your labour to be, and for how you would like everyone in attendance to be. And you have an ideal plan set up, and for some women that goes to plan, and for others it goes completely to custard. <laughs> um, you know, and I often hear the grief that women have when they don't get the birth that they were expecting. You know, even though they have, may have a healthy baby, they don't get the extra experience they were looking for. And, and um, you know, I often want to remind women that there are two entities in that journey, that the baby also has its, has its own path and it has its own plan for how it is to come into the world, that it's not all just about you and what, you know, your intentions are, that this child has its own intentions. And I think the same is true for creative work that yes you may be called to bring it forth but the work itself has its own intentions and Mm. you manage every aspect of it you get to declare how you would like it to be and then you kind of just have to roll with it Mm. I'm so glad that you said that because it's so true. We're talking about creation, but what we're really talking about is co-creation and co-creation with the baby or the project, co-creation also, I would say, also with spirit. And um, yeah, what a blessing when our expectations get met. It can be really relaxing for the psyche to know that that's even possible. (laughs) Like just to have a few experiences in life like that is great. Um, (laughs) But then also we tend to have a few experiences that go the other way. And so being able to harness that grace and that trust. And and also what I'm hearing with you is that perspective and awareness. Also, just so you know, <laughs> definitely is not like that in the U.S. where you get the, the midwife support from the beginning. So um, it can be really challenging to get the, the support of midwives and doulas um, And there can be some, and this isn't everywhere because there's lots of different situations, but I know many women that I've been connected to who have wanted that extra support and have found a conflict between their doctors and the midwives and the doulas. And that's been really hard for them to find a doctor that was even open to sharing that. Because I think a lot of people, um, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that would be called to a podcast like this, would love to explore doing everything as naturally 
deeply and tuning into their body's wisdom as they can, but then also have the um, opportunity that if they need a medical intervention, that it would be available. So there's a lot of people who do like the home births or also just the birthing centers and hospitals, which, which exist, but they're, they can be challenging to, to find. So I'm very, it's another reason why I love New Zealand <laughs> to have this to have this awareness. And I would say, as we start to close this part of it, one of the takeaways is, you know, to have that support, you know, it's like that you would have this interview or this meeting with a midwife, you know, to, to figure out what is, what is the plan? What is your ideal? And, and then support as things change because things can change, but also for our other projects, you know, that it's not, you know, we have our, our midwives and our doulas for our creative projects and whether that's, yeah, I think that that's an important aspect to really feel a sense of being supported on the journey um, because one of the things that we're really mapping out is that we go through the process um, in all the different things that we create. So I love, I love to invite others to really hear your words and then take assessment of whatever creative projects you're in the midst of and and take that time to go within and see if you can drop into that space where it's not so external and you can really feel the right timing and feel the pace and pulse and then also to enlist some support you know to get get your project midwife and your project doula and how fun to support and be supported because I really believe and I'm curious I'll this will be the last question I'll ask you for this part I really believe anyone on this planet right now has a call to create. I just feel like if you're born at this time, you know, the turning of the ages and, and, you know, I, I, maybe every time is turning of the ages, but I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm alive right now. So I think it's now, (laughs) but I feel this call to create as a real hunger and a real thirst in a lot of souls right now. And I'm just sort of curious, um, your feelings out of that or anything that you would say to the creative hungry spirit from the depths of wisdom that you hold. I agree with you that the call to create is um, it's here for everyone and it's rising in some more than others and I just want to call attention to what we consider creation that people you know, it, it feels like big projects get a lot of attention in terms of creation but there are small everyday things that you can do that create space in your life or in the lives of those around you you know creating an altar in the corner of a room that previously just had a you know stuffed cushion in it brings something to, new to the space everybody has a new experience of that space it doesn't they don't have to be big you know world changing life changing actions they can be small gestures that add up to something bigger yeah but and i agree with you that having a midwife a creative a spiritual midwife maybe or sort of a doula for your creative projects is wow what fun So fun. And I'm so grateful that you shared that because it's so true. And sometimes we can put so much focus and I definitely do this all the time. I have all these big visions, but then sometimes we'll, we'll miss the littler things 
And when I do the little things, it's just as much fulfillment as the big thing. And it's so available and so accessible. And that's one of the things I really love about my fiance is he's always creating, like it's like lunch or dinner. And so it's like just all this investment, like it's like, like it's a prayer, you know, like dinner is an altar table and it's so inspiring to me. And I'm obviously, I'm more sometimes in the macro than the micro, but I really hear that invitation. And, um, and it, cause it's, I feel so good when I do put that, that sacred attention to create in all aspects of my life, not just like one big one that's going to take 25 years to accomplish. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, but I love that you presence that because it's true. And um, it just gives me, another way and anyone else that that resonated with that's listening another way to access that creative energy where it's accessible you know it's like everyone who's listening to this can go out and create something of beauty right now and then you can have your big projects and enlist your midwife and your doula but you know it's it's to really know ourselves as creators and when we create on any scale I feel like it's just very empowering to keep creating (laughs) so um, my little joke is like to be more like the creator, create more. <laughs> so thank you, Elvi. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being. And, um, I so look forward to the next time that we get to connect and, um, and again, uh, along the lines of the bioing, but, um, if people wanted to learn more about you or from you, is there anywhere I should send them or they should just <laughs> send a message out to the ethers and be like, good luck. Wow. <laughs> be like, I'm in the trees. That's creating, you know, we'll intersect at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Thank you, Elvie. And thank you everyone for listening. Blessings on all the creativity that you're called to and all the grace in the challenges and the blessings as they arise on that path and all the beauty that uh, is possible that we can make with our two hands. To continue the conversation, visit us at koya.love, Q-O-Y-A dot L-O-V-E and lifestyleofreverence.com for more information about movement, rituals, community, and pilgrimage.